0: Joanna Penn, or J.F. Penn, which is her pen name for her fiction, is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of thrillers, fantasy and crime. As Joanna, she's well known to many of you, I'm sure, as the podcast host for The Creative Pen, one of the longest running writing podcasts on the air, giving out advice to other writers. But today we're talking to her in her fiction hat, J.F. Penn, about Tomb of Relics, her 12th book in her best-selling Arcane series. Welcome to The Joys of Binge Reading, the show for anyone who ever got to the end of a great book and wanted to read the next instalment. We interview successful series authors and recommend the best in mystery, suspense, historical and romance series, so you'll never be without a book you can't put down. You'll find this episode's show notes, a free ebook, and lots more information at thejoysofbingereading.com. And now, here's our show. Hi there, I'm your host, Jenny Wheeler, and today it's a delight to have J.F. Penn on. I've been a follower of hers in her writing advice ever since I began writing myself. Her arcane thrillers have been compared to Dan Brown. They've got all the popular themes, relics of power, international locations, and adventure with an edge of the supernatural. But before we get to that, our giveaway for this week is Out of Time Mysteries and Thrillers. Included in this offering is Hope Redeemed, book six in my Of Golden Blood historical mystery series set in California. It's a Spanish novella, slightly more romance than mystery, this one, for those of you who are getting through reading my books one at a time that's in out of time the giveaway for this week details for where to download these free books are on the website show notes for this episode as usual that's the joys of likewise all of the references to joanna's work her other interests her podcasts and anything we talk about in the episode will all be found in those show notes and don't forget, you can encourage my endeavours on the show by either becoming a Patreon supporter for less than a cup of coffee a month, you get exclusive bonus content like hearing JF Penn on the Getting to Know You five quick fire questions. That's patreon, dot com forward slash the joys of binge reading. But if that's too much of a commitment and you just really love this episode and like to show me that you do, you can buy me a cup of coffee on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jenny Wheel X, big X like a cross. That's Jenny spelt J-E-N-N-Y, W-H-E-E-L, big X cross. I think that's about it for the housekeeping today, but now here's Joanna. Hello there, Joanna, and welcome to the show. It's fabulous to have you with us. Oh, thanks so much, Jenny. I'm thrilled to be here. Now look, you're really well known for your work in the non-fiction area with your podcast, The Creative Pen, but today we are talking about the other 50% of your career, maybe even 60%, your fiction writing, which doesn't often get quite so much attention. So you are an award-nominated New York Times and USA Today bestselling author, You combine genres, multi-genre books, which are thrillers, dark fantasy and crime, something that sometimes the trad publishers aren't quite so keen on because they don't quite know where to put them on the shelf. But you've just published your 12th book in your arcane series, Tomb of Relic. When you started out, did you appreciate that you were actually tackling this as a multi-genre and that it might get a little bit complicated as you went along? Well, I think when you, you know when you start writing a
1: story, you just write the story that you're interested in. And my Arcane series really was sort of shaped by the Dan Brown, you know, Da Vinci Code era <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Assume, it seems a long time now. But essentially, I, I love the Da Vinci Code and I have a degree in theology and I love thrillers. And I was working in Australia at the time, miserable in my day job. And I would just read these sort of religious and historical sort of ar- arcane type thrillers back then. And that's what I decided to write. So I do, I mean, the books are, the Arcane series is action adventure thriller, but has this supernatural edge and is based on religious history and religious myth, but it's set in the modern day. It is kind of all the things I love in one action adventure series because I also love explosion movies. You know, I've always loved James Bond and like Lara Croft and adventures like that. So I wanted to put everything I loved into one series. I think it's funny though. Those of us who write action adventure, especially with a female protagonist, we've been yep. told so many times that action adventure is is a dead genre. But recently, there was a a, a movie with Sandra Bullock that just came out, and you know, sort of a, a bit like romancing the stone. Do you remember that movie, romancing yes, the stone? Yes, yes, back yeah, back in the day. So yeah. I actually think it might it might be coming round again. And and I've heard I heard Anne Rice say this. Anne Rice, the vampire writer, you know, who's who's Uh, dead now but she would say every genre comes around again it's all cyclical in that you know people love what they love and then the mainstream that rediscovers it so it's been like you know 15 years since Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code so I'm gonna be well ready for when that (laughs) when that comes around
0: again (laughs) yeah that's terrific look Tomb of Relics features a supernatural relic a thousand year old conspiracy and a man who turns death into art, it's really quite creepy in parts. Now you've talked quite freely in the, on podcasts I've heard. You've mentioned that you're really quite drawn to the darker side of life. You love to haunt cemeteries and that kind of thing. So I wondered if you found it a bit of a struggle sometimes to not get too dark and morbid and how you struck the balance there.
1: Mm, well, my crime series Desecration is the first of that one that is a darker crime trilogy at the moment although it will probably turn into a longer series and I do tackle much darker subjects in there there might be a serial killer in there you know it's a it's yeah it does go into that kind of thing but I feel like and it's so funny because I do read a lot of horror I don't never watch horror I don't like you know it visually but I read a lot of horror and I find that actually I love that genre mainly because it's not about the monsters it's about the people who fight the monsters and it really in the end it's good triumphing over evil and I think that is a theme that runs through all my fiction it's that what I always come back to is things can be really dark but good will triumph in the end and if it doesn't it's not the end kind of thing and so and I guess we we all especially in the last few years with the pandemic you know we we all have difficult times and it's nice to write about triumphing over difficult times whatever they may be and I've always been fascinated with um, sort of uh, demons and the supernatural and not ghosts. I mean, you mentioned graveyards. I And I don't haunt graveyards at night. I tend to go around them in the daytime <laughs> with my camera. I love art and architecture. And I have a lot of, I, I just love the peace of cemeteries and generally the old stone architectures, just especially here in the UK, we've got some beautiful graveyards and cemeteries. But it, uh, so I guess I don't feel like it is overwhelming darkness but that I'm writing about the light in the darkness and that's how I really end all my books I don't think it's a spoiler to say that good wins <laughs> in my in my fiction oh no, um, it's even probably if I get...
0: an encouragement for people to yeah. it's a bit like the HEA in romance I guess isn't it the happy ever yes, after exactly yeah. yeah
1: you have to and I mean that's what people come back to things for isn't it and yeah as I say I like to read the darker books but not I never do like a you know we all have our favorites and I don't read the sort of graphic I don't write graphic violence I don't you know it's more that things are make you think deeper about death for example like desecration is about what is the meaning of our physical bodies after death you know and it was inspired by you know when you go into a medical museum and there are body parts in jars and I went to one of these medical museums and I was like that's just weird because when I'm dead I think that my physical body shouldn't go in a jar but why would I worry because I'm dead and (laughs) it was like this this questioning of well why do we care so much about what happens to this physical self after death so that was where I started and then I I basically wrote a murder mystery around the sort of history of medical anatomy, but it was um, but a modern day detective story, basically. So yeah, I get, I get a lot of my ideas from darker things, but as I said, a good triumphs.
0: Yes, yes. Look, your key protagonist is a woman called Dr. Morgan Sierra. She's a clinical psychologist, but she's also got a sort of kick-ass aspect as well because she trained with the Israeli Defence Force at one stage. So she's perfectly capable of looking after herself. You've mentioned a couple of times that Morgan is quite similar to yourself in some ways. I perhaps wouldn't go quite so far as to say she's an alter ego, but she also has this fascination with the space between science and theology that you you share. Can you just give us a little bit of a wrap up? What kinds of ways do you think you're similar to Morgan, and what ways would you say you're really quite different?
1: Well, in terms of the difference, you mentioned the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, and I clearly have no military background. <laughs> and she's she can also she well, she she does kill people. She is a, like a secret agent with the arcane agency, and I haven't done that. She's also Really good at Krav Maga, which is this uh, Israeli martial art. And when I was I started to write her, I was like, I should I should like become a Krav Maga expert. So I went along to this, you know, that you can go along to these classes. So I went along to a class, and essentially, I came home after that, sort of lying on my on my couch, sort of crying in pain. I said to my (laughs) husband, I am never doing that again. I mean, I I love watching. I watch these YouTube videos when I write my fight scenes, and there's some brilliant, you know, female. Megar fighters and so I, I choreograph my fight scenes and things but I'm like yeah I just can't do that so I'm definitely I don't have the physical skill <laughs> that she does but all that experience obviously but she has my mind in terms of a lot of the things that she thinks are the things that I think about religion she questions like I'm not a Christian but I'm I call myself like a seeker or someone who's interested in spiritual things but I'm not really religious in any way and my interest in religion comes through in the books and my interest in the supernatural and just questioning, you know, what more is there in the world that we can't see and how does that sort of happen in the world and also how these spiritual places have some kind of resonance. So yeah, the Tomb of Relics and I wrote Crypt of Bone particularly is also about religious relics. I love religious relics. Again, body parts. (laughs) Body parts of saints that people kind of think have magical powers you know this is a so-called mainstream religion that has you know an arm bone in a jar or a vial of blood or whatever it's it it is quite creepy when you think about it in in that way so yeah Yeah. morgan's morgan's questions about religion about why historical places have such resonance also a, a lot of her travels are based on my travels which is why i've i've quite struggled quite a lot with the pandemic because all of those books are Uh, based on places where I've been and I kind of ran out (laughs) just you know of of places to write about team of relics is opens in Canterbury where I visited during the the pandemic and but I had to write about places like Cologne where I haven't been so I did a lot of research online and everything but it feels like I really need to get out there in the world again so I can write more um, Morgan stories but I mean like the desecration and delirium deviance my crime thrillers they're based in the UK so that's fine and then map of shadows that fantasy series is a fantasy series so uh, that opens in Bath where I live but it's sort of set in this alternate uh, world as well. So yeah I kind of I write based on where I travel but also you know things I make up as well.
0: Yes location is a real key for you isn't it? it's an inspiration. I mean the first book in this series opens with the along the Ganges with the funeral pyres and you said that you felt just so inspired by going there that you wanted to use a scene in a book from that particular place in that particular. Atmosphere that was there.
1: Mm, yeah, I went to been to India several times, but when I was there, I think it was two thousand six. Uh, I went to Varanasi, which is a holy city, and if you you die in Varanasi, you can escape the the cycle of reincarnation, and so that's why a lot of people go there to die, and then they have these burning ghats where they burn the bodies on these pyres, and the way death is treated in that city is so so alien to. British people and New Zealanders I think as well yes. you know we don't we don't burn bodies on open pyres no, <laughs> we just don't do that. you know and it's but it's it's absolutely fascinating and obviously that and yeah I mean you can either feel like it's some kind of scene from hell with these sort of you know all the smoke billowing and the fire at night and I went out on a boat and sat offshore because it's a it's a holy place too I mean it's a very spiritual place but equally it's very very physical you know there's these Bodies being burned and flames and smoke and it it smells. And so it's this incredibly uh, human place. And also an incredibly spiritual place, and I think that's what I like to write about in my books. Is really this combination of places that are both physical and spiritual in some way, and that that dichotomy, depending on the way you look at things, can make a real difference in in a place. And I am definitely inspired by places. And in fact, it's one of the reasons I had to move back from Australia and New Zealand. You know, I lived over there for eleven years, is that I found all the stories I wanted to write were mainly mainly set in Europe. Europe because I I wanted that historical that historical background yes. uh, and Varanasi is you know thousands and thousands of year old and I write a lot about Israel and I write a lot about European places and um you know a- ancient places that have had humans doing things in them for many you know millennia and so I and the cathedrals and things we have here so yeah it's interesting I go to places and then I find stories I think yes. that's how it works.
0: So how are you progressing with the pandemic? Are you getting to the point where you can resume travel pretty much Freely as you you did two years ago. Well, I think the main issue is, of course, as I mentioned
1: to you before we started recording, my husband is a New Zealander, so obviously the first thing we had to do was come to New Zealand, (laughs) which is what we did as soon as we could, and then ended up in quarantine and you know a lot of the restrictions. I know that was pretty (laughs) awful. (laughs) It was pretty awful, but then also, as you know, it's a it's a pretty expensive trip from the UK. So at the moment, and my husband's just come back again, so it's uh, that's that's been our main travel and my whole family is very international so we've all been traveling to see family and but I hope to get back into the traveling for research so you know I'm actually walking the Camino de Santiago the the Portuguese route in September 2022 so depending on when this goes out but well
0: I think it will be September actually so yeah Oh, there we go. I
1: might be walking. My pictures will be on Instagram at jfpenauthor if people are interested. But Stone of Fire, interestingly, actually features Santiago de Compostela because it's based around the relics of the apostles and some stones that they may or may not have had. And of course, the relics of St. James are at Santiago de Compostela. So I wrote about that cathedral way back then. That book came out in 2011. And now I'm actually going to be going there. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Now the New Zealand
0: connection I did want to mention the book that you co-wrote with Jay Thorne that has got a very strong New Zealand component called Risen Gods and it's contemporary New Zealand story but it's got a tsunami that awakens ancient and deadly powers and quite a Maori presence in it. Tell us about that one and how it came. I think it was written on a train if I remember rightly because I was listening to your podcast at the time. Just tell us a bit about that. No, that was a different one. That was Authors on a Train. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) No, no, that's fine. No, basically, I'm sure you remember 2011, the Christchurch earthquake oh yes yeah that pretty much destroyed a lot of Christchurch there in the South Island and my some very dear friends to whom the book is dedicated they their house was destroyed their you know everything they lost everything and they ended up moving to Tauranga in the end but at the time I remember being I was in Australia and I saw the news and it was just devastating and You know, living in New Zealand and I lived there for six, seven years, you're very aware of the volcanic sort of the Pacific Rim of Fire and Tongariro and you feel the presence of volcanoes. And also, I've always been very interested in um, Maori mythology and stories. And so uh, my sort of the premise was what if that earthquake and then the resulting tsunami and then volcanic eruptions are basically the Maori gods' Are coming, are rising, and they're like humans are not looking after this country. We're going to take it back. Yeah. And can these friends, Ben and Lucy? Ben is a, a Maori young man, and Lucy Apakaha, a Pakeha young woman who get separated, and they basically have to find each other again and stop the stop the risen gods. Can they prove that they can look after the country, basically? But they have to fight a lot of mythical creatures along the way. And so, yeah, I co-wrote wrote that with Jay Thorne. It's got you know, it's it's got a lot of um, it's kind of edge of. It's urban fantasy, I guess, slash edge of horror. But I did have a Maori man read it as a, what we call, I guess now, a sensitivity reader to make sure that it was acceptable to the culture. But yeah, I'm really glad I wrote that because it, I think it. And um, we have a map in the front of the book, which is basically, as they travel the country, it's got all the different creatures from Maori myth that come out and, and attack them and things. So this is quite a f- fun, dark fantasy adventure. but. Yeah, and based on my love of, of of New Zealand and some of the wonderful places that there are there.
0: That's fantastic. For people who are interested in that international and travel aspect of your fiction, you, you, I'd like to mention your podcast that you've started in, in recent times called Books and Travel. And that is one that really focuses on traveling, travel places you've been and how they link in with your fiction, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. I mean, I started that. <laughs>
1: And the timing was pretty bad. I started books and travel just a little bit before the pandemic. <laughs> but actually, it's it's always wonderful to talk to other writers about their the thing that the places that inspire their books as well. So I I do talk to a lot of travel writers, and it's been a bit of vicarious travel for me. But also gives me ideas for places. Or yeah, and pe- the people who listen to that books and travel podcast, are all they have a bit of wanderlust in their soul. Yeah, so I do that as a sort of a passion project, I guess. But recently, for example, I've been talking to people who've walked that pilgrimage, the Camino. So it's sort of research too.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Just switching back to the Arcane series for a moment, You tell us the direction that it's going in now. Morgan is taking a little bit of a break, is she? Or did, was that just for one book? What's happening with Morgan? No, she was going to take a break a while back. <laughs>
1: so I wrote I think at the end of end of days she well the thing is now we're on I've written 12 and obviously people get injured along the way (laughs) and so yeah the end of end of days she got quite injured end of days is a sort of apocalyptic book and so she got quite injured but so she was resting at the beginning of Valley of Dry Bones which was book 10 and Jake sort of heads off to America but then she has to come back like I couldn't leave her alone for too long the end of the end of tomb of relics the hook is into vienna I, w- I won't go too much into it but so i i've i've sort of committed to vienna as an opening for the next book but i really want to go to vienna before i write that book so what i i'm not a plotter or a planner i'm what they call a discovery writer and so what happens is i start like if I go to Vienna, I will find a story. That's, that's how it worked for me. Yes. I can't just sit down and go, right, what is the story? And in fact, Lee Child with Jack Reacher talked about this, you know, sort of when he's when Lee Child used to write Jack Reacher, his brother writes now, but uh, he would sit down and the story would start and then it would just carry on. And that's what happened. And I'm the same. I, I need to sit down and, and then write. And that's what happens. So I can't plan it in advance. <laughs> it just yeah. kind of happens. So, yeah, Morgan and Jake will be going to Vienna and there will be something there. But that's, you know, it's part of the reason we write is is for the fun of discovery. And, yeah, I don't think I could do it if I if I wasn't interested in what might happen
0: yeah look turning to your wider career one question that I like to ask everyone is there one thing you've done in your writing career more than any other that you see as the secret of your success I think (laughs) I was just at Harrogate Crime Writing
1: Festival last week and we were talking about this actually is that so many people we see come into writing and then disappear and yeah. And it, so to me, I've been a full-time writer since 2011. So over a decade as we record this. And I started writing in 2006, sort of, you know, seriously for publication. So I feel like 15 years now doing this and... I think that's really the secret. I mean, I've never had a breakout success. I've never had a huge payday. It's just all been a career, I guess what they call a midlist career, which is not a blazing star, but a lot of those blazing stars blaze out. So yeah, I think persistence and not sort of putting enough pressure on yourself to continue writing, but not putting so much pressure that you give up because it's too hard and I see a lot of writers go both ways you know it's actually it's kind of ironic some of the people who have the greatest success with their first book disappear because that never happens again but almost those of us who start at a lower level we can uh, can be consistent for years because there are up days there are down days but we just love the writing and I think that's The the secret, really, for a long-term career is to just keep going and write what you love. And yeah, and if you don't enjoy it, like I started writing because I was I hated my job, and so I never want to get to that point with what I do. If I hate my job, then I should go and get another job.
0: Yes, change it. (laughs) But I'm I'm still happy in this one. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. Look, turning to Joanna as reader because it is the Binge binge Reading Podcast and I like to get suggestions for our listeners for other things they might like to try out. Are you a binge reader? And in in terms of your leisure reading, what do you like to read? Mm,
1: I read all the time. Like I read... (laughs) read every day so and I just in fact talking of binge reading I did I have just done a typical binge so there's a series on Apple TV right now called Slow Horses uh, oh, I don't yes. know if you've seen that Mick Heron yeah. I haven't I, seen it yeah yeah Mick Heron, right so i was like oh that i don't doesn't look like my thing but i will watch it so we watched this series and i was like i love it and so i went to Mick Heron's slow horses series and i've basically binged the whole lot i just finished book 8 like the <laughs> other day so i read them all in the last month basically i read and uh, <laughs> at the um, at the harrogate festival i got a selfie with him and i got a signed book cuz i was like Mick i'd never i've never even really heard of him before um, and, cool. and <laughs> Yeah, and now I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this series. And it's funny because I don't... (sighs) It's not what I normally would have picked up, but I absolutely loved it. So and it's very voicey that his writing is so and it's 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 not not politically correct at all. It's just brilliant. So that's one. And then the other book I just read, Portrait of an Unknown Woman by Daniel Silver. And Daniel Silver writes a, again, one of my the authors who's shaped me, he writes an Israeli secret agent who's also a restorer of ancient paintings. Yes. And Yeah, so that series, I just read his latest, I think it's book 22 or something. Yeah. Yeah, John Connolly, his books, his latest one, The Furies, is coming out soon. So it's like the books that I pre-order. And again, I think that Charlie Parker series is like a supernatural detective series that's on book like 26 or something or 20 you know over 20 books and so I have these authors who I'm a long-term fan of and I have those books on pre-order and it's very annoying but I know as a writer how annoying it is to have a reader who just binges the whole series and then says where's the next one (laughs) (laughs) like with Mick you know it's taken him quite a long time to write eight books in that series. And I'm like, when where, where's the next one? And of course, we <laughs> read so much faster than writers can write. You know this, you're a writer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah, so anyway, those are some of the, the authors I really like. That's great. And this is partly why I called it this show this because you know in the old I remember when in my student days you just accepted that you were going to have to wait at least another year for your favorite author to do something and now we mm. can go online and buy the next book if they've got a backlist and like at midnight and finish it by midnight the next day so it's a completely different environment isn't it yeah it, it is and I think that's where
1: I've seen a lot of authors flame out as they try and keep up with readers and yes. you literally
0: cannot yeah. keep up with yeah. readers yeah. <laughs> Look, circling around, looking back down the tunnel of time. If you were, if you could have the ability to change anything about your career and the way that things have gone, what would it? Is there anything, or what would it be if there is?
1: I'm never one for regrets. To be honest, I I think I just take opportunity as it comes. And uh, so, no, I mean. <laughs> just write the things I want to write I do the things I want to do obviously I work hard but no there's nothing I would change to be honest I'm not someone who ever thinks that way
0: no yeah so what's the next 12 months look like for you as a writer what have you got on your desk for the next little while
1: well in terms of I mean in terms of my writing, I'm doing this Camino walk in September, and I, that is going to be a memoir because it's a trilogy of pilgrimages. So, I've d- this is my third pilgrimage. I did the um, a Pilgrim's Way, the St. Cuthbert's Way, and then this is the Camino de Santiago. And y- you understand being a woman in her midlife and going for really long walks. And so, I, I'm like, this is a memoir. So, I'm writing a sort of midlife pilgrimage memoir. Also, a pilgrimage, given that I'm not religious, is kind of an interesting angle. And it It does in a way tie into my fiction because the question of religion and faith and all of that will come into it. So I think people who are interested in religion and in that kind of thing might be interested in that. But then as I said, I definitely need to I want to get to Vienna this winter. Vienna is amazing in the winter apparently. So I'm planning to get there to start researching the next arcane novel. I've also I've got these two other books that I'm toying with at the moment that stand alone that I'm not so I'm basically at this point of I really want to commit to a fiction project, but I don't know which one to commit to. And of course we all want to write all the books. but as you know, it's about the time
0: yeah, to do this. Yeah. So
1: yeah, so I'm still wrestling with which one I want to commit to. Yeah. So at the moment, because I can't write multiple books at the same time, I don't know about you, but it's like, no, I, I need to no. choose and commit to that one. Because you do
0: a lot of research as well, don't you? Yes, for your I books. do. But I try to just do it as I write, not sort of spend months beforehand, because you don't quite know what you want, what you really need until you start writing. So in a sense, that's my discovery journey is sort of when I realised, like I'm just starting this new book that I did quite a bit of plotting. I think I'll probably do a bit more outlining outlining than you do, but because Mm. I've put it on the side for the last couple of weeks with being overwhelmed by the podcast, I've lost my way with it a little bit. And I got back into it yesterday and started thinking about how I was going to start it. And I immediately wanted to get the location really clear in my head, this is San Francisco in 1870. Where are the most important buildings and that sort of thing? So, I sat here with a 3D map, really almost plotting exactly where these events would take place and what the major building would be that would be up the street and that kind of thing. You know, so mm. I, I kind of, I, I don't really want to do that in advance until I really know this is a scene I need to write. Now, what do I want to have in it? So a bit like you in a way, except probably not going so easily to the places. Yeah, Mm. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Have you actually written any of those memoirs yet or are you going to do the three of them sort of, you will have taken masses of notes, but have you sat down and started writing that at all? Yeah, yeah, I've got about
1: 35,000 words. Right. And I understand the themes of what I want to write. And so I've got the, I've got a lot of it. But what tends to happen on a pilgrimage is you learn something every time and the gifts of pilgrimage, I say, come later. So I'm expecting to. Have this sort of some draft ready and then go and do my, my final Camino and then f- for everything to change depending on what happens <laughs> on yeah, that trip. Yeah. So, but no, I've not written a memoir before. So it's quite interesting. And, but it's funny because I mean, if people, you know, if you read my arcane thrillers, Morgan's thoughts and a lot of my experiences are in her history. And so some of these will come up again within a memoir. Uh, in a different form yes (laughs) as in uh, it actually happened to me but it's I have put a lot of my experiences into my fiction I I often feel that my fiction is a very honest you know the truth behind the fiction I guess kind of thing but this memoir will be well, like all memoirs are, trying to be honest about a particular stage of life or particular journey. So yeah, it's very interesting to write something so different, but I'm trying to use the idea of a story obviously in a journey in as a pilgrimage is a has a beginning and a, a middle and an end so yes. yeah it's an interesting yeah. project but I want to get that I do want to get that done and finished because it's a promise I I had when I had COVID really badly I was lying in bed going if I die I will really regret not walking the Camino de Santiago and so I I booked it I was like right I'm gonna I'm going to do it It's something I've wanted to do for decades and so I was like right I'm going to book it, I'm going to go and fulfil that promise to myself because we never know, do we? We never know when it's the
0: end. absolutely, that's right. And I suspect that there's going to be another non-fiction book, The Art of Writing Memoir, somewhere there too. (laughs) Well, I'm not sure
1: about that. (laughs) I think you have to write quite a lot of books before you can write a book. I mean, I just wrote How to Write a Novel and I've written 17 novels. I don't think I've got 17 memoirs in
0: me. (laughs) <laughs> Look, do you enjoy hearing from your readers? I know you do because you get lots of feedback on your podcast. It's lovely. But and where can they find you online? Oh right.
1: Well, for my fiction, I'm at
0: jfpen.com.
1: Joe yeah. Francis Pen is my yeah. my my name. Or for writers, the creativepen.com, pen with a double n, and my books are available in all the usual places. And then in terms of sort of the best place on social media is twitter at the creative pen with a double n but as i mentioned i put my travel photos on instagram at jf pen author and but all those
0: links are on the websites fantastic and we'll have all the links in the show notes as well so so it's been fantastic talking today joanna thank you so much and when we publish this we'll be thinking of you on that trail (laughs) oh thanks so much for having me jenny that was great Next week on binge reading, Fiona Leach, a Kiwi based mystery author with her nosy Parker Cornish mysteries, a whole series of Cornish mysteries from Fiona Leach. This one is called Cornish Recipe for Murder, and a London police officer switches careers, moves to a small English village to reinvent herself as a chef, but just can't seem to avoid solving crimes we'll be discussing this latest one a cornish recipe for murder where jody enters a great bake show-off and then blow me down somebody dies that's next week on the joys of binge reading so that's it for today see you next time and happy reading